Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Down and Chat Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Martin. And this is a podcast where two guys from Toronto talk about everything and anything. Unplugging society's constipations, one podcast at a time. This week, we'd like to invite my good friend, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, guys. Nice to meet you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Really oh, thank it. you for being right. here. We're glad to have you. We like to start off our podcast with all our guests talking about how our guest knows one of us. So in this case, you know me. Uh, do you want me to talk about how I know you or do you want to talk about how you met me? You got it. Okay, sure. Is so, there a difference? There is no difference. We met at the same, like we met each other at the same time, but we met... Do you remember an old game called MapleStory? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, MapleStory. Yeah. Well, so, that's back to like the fourth grade. Oh, man. I played that throughout like... <laughs> elementary school high school it was my jam i love that but also it was also the start of my video game gambling addiction as well it was, I was gambling yeah you just think it was gachapon coupons and gambling oh. for a hairstyle that it's all was... gambling <laughs> it's all gambling no matter how you no edge whatever edge you put it it's gambling <laughs> yeah yo microtransactions games are like crazy now but do you think that we've had it for so long like like mm. even when we were kids we I, I used to play neopets and there were oh, yeah. so many games that involved gambling as well it's kind of crazy to think you have like pretty much every city in neopets had like a wheel where you can spin for prizes but essentially you're gambling i remember the wheels right oh, like, i remember those yeah. but you don't lose I you mean, do like, you can you lose in-game money yeah, but you still there's still idea of like losing as well, and there's also probability yeah, yeah. gambling. But you're right, that is a little bit more of a safer environment because there's very few microtransactions. But do you think that it's something that's built upon, and then you know later on now is like it's the concept, yeah, yeah, exactly. And nowadays it's even scarier because a lot of these games are free for kids and you know oh, yeah. everyone and their moms and dogs and babies even are on these devices and you just make hundred dollar purchases on the fly. Did you hear in Germany? Actually, this came out recently, I think within the past week. In Germany, they banned kids from playing any video game that has any form of loot box. So like Overwatch, done, gone. I think wow. that was Belgium too, no? I was reading this because I was doing a I was doing a project for something and I think I did come across this as well. So just in Europe in general, loot boxes is like uh, going out the door. It's yeah. it's true. Gambling think, much more seriously. I think it makes mm. sense. It makes sense, especially for games geared towards, say, younger kids. And I mean, you always have those like age disclaimers on like games, but you know, we all no know kids always lie on those things. No one asks their parents for all the permission. ten-year-old kids play GTA Five. I mean, I mean, didn't we? Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Didn't, sh- didn't we play Left 4 Dead when we were like twelve? Oh yeah, know? yeah, hundred <laughs> so. percent. So it's it's kind of crazy to see how young kids are exposed to like real life gambling and you know it's kind of interesting to see how microtransactions kind of evolve later on in the future mm-hmm. i mean we already kind of have microtransactions in our everyday products too if you think about like coffee pods you have a coffee pod you, you gotta buy more to get your fix it's not a microtransaction oh. in that sense but it's like a subscription right subscriptions are not yeah. gambling you it's always a get service. it's a service but it's just like mini transactions that add up over time so i guess that's not the best parallel there well, I, I think I see it more like we're just modernizing cable now. That's more yeah. like I mean I'm I'm thinking more upon the lines of Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, and and let's yeah. take it let's take a step back. Let's go to Netflix. You know, they're I, I see them as like the pioneers essentially of these like streaming kind of thing. Thing. Yeah. And like now that I see Disney Plus, Hulu, everyone coming into the picture now, it's almost like, you know, screw cable. Why not just choose us? And then eventually, how I see it is that right now they might be competitors, but what I think might happen in the future is they might be smart and go 
hey, why don't we team up and just create an ultimate package and just 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 screw over all these people that think that they have all these shows. Stop. Let's stop the uh, you know the uh, platform by platform. They only have specific show kind of thing. Let's just give a grand package and make it super expensive and call it the new cable. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, just with the direction we're going, especially with COVID too. But yeah, no, I don't see it as a bad thing, especially with the TV streaming service. I think it's it, they've streamlined it better now. I think it's easier to see what I want to watch. Yeah. So that's interesting because so while I agree for Netflix, like dude, after I started, I couldn't get off. It's like my crack. I don't think I'll ever get off Netflix. It is the mast. I am a slave to Netflix. I right? am getting like I am getting a little bit exhausted of Netflix. I feel like there's fewer and fewer quality shows coming on Netflix. These hmm. have really good originals, and when it first like kind of came out, and like, hey, here's our originals. They're all really good. And you're right, that was like crack watch for me too. But like, yeah. I feel the like golden age of Netflix. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the originals yeah. are far and few between. You now have to sift through the eighty percent of percent of garbage, and then twenty percent of like gold. Blink Empire, man, I love Blink Empire. That's my new <laughs> <laughs> my new crack. Still haven't what, watched. It. What which show? Blink Empire. So it's like crazy, crazy, crazy rich Asians, but like real life. It's a, it's a reality show, but really rich Asians. I also have a little bit of bias because I'm like kind of a man crush on like Kevin, but you know that's a different story. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the whole never, story. I've never <laughs> heard of this. I, I actually would love to see this now that I'm, I'm reading about it a little bit. Yeah, you should. It's a great show. Also, the uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I love that shallow part. <laughs> I'm just like, Dan, Dan, calm down. We, we know. Yeah, I'm like, I think you've said it like five times now. We know, Dan. Yeah. It's hey, cool. Tell, hey, tell me who you hate the most in the show. Oh, there's plenty of people I don't like on the show. Plenty. But we'll go into that another day. You know what? I'll have, when you've watched it, I'll invite you back. I've already had, I already have someone in our in my like queue of people that want to talk about Blink Empire. She's like all into it. So I would love to have like a four-way conversation with her and you as well. If you watch it. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll okay. You know. I'll I'll probably schedule us for like May, so like you know you have like a month or two to watch it. Okay, okay, I'm actually take, I'm taking your word on it seriously. I'll yeah, watch it. I'll invite you back. Speaking of inviting you back, we still haven't gotten to the <laughs> where how we met, so let's get that over with. So we recently, like in the last two years, Nick and I played on a private server of Maple Story. Uh, it was called Maple Legends, and I've had this friend where you know uh, we played games together, and it happens that Nick met my friend Nick. Uh, you know, played with him, played online, he joined our Disc- Discord server. And we just started talking. It was good times. It was like over the summer too. So we had had a lot more time to stay up and just like, you know, chat with Nick. And we vibed really, really, really well. In fact, I kind of see like in terms of Nick, I see a lot of myself and Nick, not in the like the gay aspect, but like the interesting terms of mentality way of thinking. <laughs> I like Pretty that. Sure <laughs> nobody was thinking yeah, that. No, until Dan, nobody, said... nobody asked that question, but you know, thank you though. Hey, <laughs> they know my sexuality now. Hey guys, I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but no, that was it was no, it's perfectly said as Dan said. Um I, I met him. Um it's yeah, it's been almost like two years now, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's like years. we we did disconnect for a little bit just because, you know, when COVID hit, um, I was going through a bunch of stuff and then like, you know, just trying to find a job and I expressed this to Dan many times while we were like, you know, hanging out in the summer about how I finished college and like, you know, I was just looking for a job and it, it got me down because I didn't know what postgraduate life would be like, you know, and like it's just it was amazing and it was i don't know what it is fate call it destiny whatever but meeting this group of people really got me through that patch and you know it, it made me more appreciative towards making friends online that's something i didn't think that would be possible and i thought it was almost weird because 
you know, wh why, like, you're a complete stranger, right? You know, it's just like, we have no common connections except this game, and you live in Canada. You know, it's just like, that's that's wild. You know, it, it's to me, it's wild. And once I realized that there were genuine people like you guys, I was like, dude, hell yeah. The internet actually has some cool-ass people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's important to know that Nick is American, and uh, so he is across the border. He's our uh, little head to our little top hat. Yeah, a proud Virginian over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, an Asian kid in the South. Yeah. So, you know, being an American, I think we have vast differences in how we were brought up, perhaps not culturally. You're Korean and we're Chinese, but still, mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to ask about your education system. Like, is, is it as stereotype suggests that you're like drowning in your debt? Yes. Um, so, again, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know too much about, I guess, the, the overall scope of how, you know, rules and laws work in that regard. But what I, what I do know is that, like, yeah, in my personal experiences, I owe a lot, and the government assistance that I did get at the time, yeah, it was great. They helped me out during college, but then after, they just whip you back. They're like, hey, you owe us a lot of money. How are you going to pay for it? And you just kind of go, well, didn't you help me to begin with? No, we helped you then, but now you owe us that plus more. And it's just, I don't know how it is in Canada with college or just education in general, but like for us, it is either you try to do in-state colleges and you try to avoid going out of state. Because the minute that you tell another state that you're not from there, they will double your price. Wow. And and in, in the average that I paid, I, I attended the Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. And I paid about, I think, it's almost like 30K a semester, no, a year, sorry, 30K a year. So total came out to about 120K and, and some, you know, you'd have to also factor in eating, housing, social life, you know, can I even afford all this, right? And thank God I had my parents' blessings because, you know, without them, I don't even think I'd be here. So, you know, they can cover the leg of the bill now and I'm thankful that I have a job to start paying wow. those things. But debt is crazy, man. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. 30,000 per year. year. Yeah, per that's year, like, so 15 a semester. <laughs> that is essentially our whole bill for like the four years. Actually, less my whole bill came up to less than 30 grand canadian but my question would be like you know and i think we've I've talked about this too in the past is, yeah is if education was as cheap as that right because that's how i see it that's cheap sure. and or free in that regard i think that it could get better if you offered that or would it would we go towards the route of since it's free i don't care anymore you know yeah. like it's all good i have i can do whatever i feel like because it's free i think it's a very westernized thing to be as selfish as we are, as capitalist as we are, mm -hmm. right? I don't think, I don't think. I think there are way fewer places around the world. At least, at least from my perspective. I mean, I've I've only lived the majority in the Western culture that we as society are extremely selfish, where we refuse to kind of care for each other, refuse to care for the greater, like great for a great society. Just look at mask wearing and following regulations. Like it is it is non-existent for many, many, many people. In society, I give us a like a big fat D, right? <laughs> On a report D plus, card. maybe. <laughs> D plus, that's right. Uh, not the good D either. But, you know. <laughs> no one was thinking that. No hey, hey, to be honest, that. to be honest, I was thinking that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right, you got, you got one first. That, that's why I said D plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, oh, uh, I mean... Germany University is free. Uh, Canada, we have folks here who are extremely hardworking and pay that amount of cash, right? I think as long as universities maintain their standards, you know, you still have to work your ass off. Because at the end of the day, at least from my understanding, universities are not here for 
to educate you. That's not their role as an institution. Their role as an institution is to conduct research, and their side gig, their side hustle, is to milk money off of you kids. That is so true. Oh my gosh. That, when you look at it like that, that is so true. What the heck? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that is actually yeah. a side gig for these people. Because yeah. you're right. I mean, my college is known for the research, you know, and I'm sure every college is known for their research, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. All right. Yeah. So yeah. I did. So will people necessarily like if it was free? I feel like maybe the standards would be lowered. But I mean, it all depends, right? We have many successful people coming out of universities here. They pay. We pay significantly less, right? Pretty much a quarter of what you're paying. Like when we come out of university, right? Mm-hmm. My bill came up to less than thirty grand total. Um, that's with like everything all included. Um, mind you, I, they come from like a middle middle income income household, so like I had some bursaries here and there to help me out along the way. But still, um, my four years equate to your one year, which is frankly ridiculous. And mind you, yours yeah. is USD. Insane. So realistically, yeah, even more. yeah, exactly. Probably paying like half of your one year's worth of bill if you do the con- conversion, which is absolutely insane. And and you got you got kids that have come out of state you know, coming to my college too, you know, the, the foreign exchange students and you know, they, they have the money for it, but it's just, it's crazy to hear how much they're paying per year. You know, yeah. I sit down, I'm having lunch with them and they're foreign. like, yeah, the foreign exchange students, I asked them, how yeah. much are you paying to stay here? You know, and they're just like, oh, it's about, it's about a hundred thousand, you know, with everything room and boarding included. I'm like, your family can afford a hundred thousand dollars a year to send you for four years. And they go, yeah, it's, it's, it's normal. Right. I'm like, Okay, your reality is mine, not my reality. That's right. you know the disconnects there. But yeah, that's I guess what I'm trying to say is the foreign exchange students have it worse, and it, that's just America. You know, I'm just thinking how you too. Like I'm just thinking about like how inaccessible this higher order edu- like higher level education is, and how inaccessible it is. Right for many people, it's highly unaffordable. We probably go into debt. So mm-hmm. we're pretty much discouraging folks from pursuing higher level education to be like more critical and more, more philosophical, right? Because people go into university typically have to kind of tap into their inner brain and try to really think outside the box in order to kind of survive university. Mm-hmm. So I think by increasing the cost of university, yes, you might want to promote like harder working people and like more, frankly, it's, it's kind of inequitable because you, it's, it's pay to play. Even the smartest person in the world, if, you're, if you aren't able to afford it, you're essentially screwed, right? By the same time, by pretty much discouraging people from pursuing education, you now have a society of people who are perhaps less educated as a whole versus you know other other groups of communities around the world, which may explain why you know, which may explain perhaps why you know standards are perhaps lower in the United States, why COVID levels are extremely high. I don't mean to bash your country, but it just seems like your COVID levels are a little bit out of control. Out of control from my, at least from what I hear on the news. Oh yeah, we got the orange guy that did that, and then now <laughs> now we got now we got Zaddy Biden, you know, in office now to take care of that. But <laughs> no, but I, I seriously think like that. So I, okay, let me let me throw you this then. You know, so okay. let's go the opposite direction. If it would become like if let's say it was free, right, and it opened up, it boomed up. People were going to school. Everyone was having that access they wanted. So. Being a Western culture and being this capitalistic society that we are, what happens when the the value of a of a undergrad becomes less? The mm-hmm. value of a PhD becomes the norm, you know. And 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 to get even a basic job is PhD, and it already is that actually. To be honest, um, yeah. I I applied to the Environmental Protection Agency, you know, and I, I was really into environmental science at the time, and I got to round two, round three, and you know the the lady, my recruiter said, 
you know, Nick, you're great. You got a lot of charismatic charm to you. You understand what's going on here. But the only issue is you don't have a PhD. And I just looked at her and I said, well, ma'am, I just finished college. I, I just, I'm an undergrad. Um, you know, I just finished. <laughs> it's like, what can I do? And she's like, well, you know, if you, if you keep going and going and going and you'll eventually maybe get that. And, I'm, and at that point I realized, what is the point of this? You know, when it's already the standard and it's just like, if you make it free, it's going to make it even worse. Like, you know, and I don't know, it's maybe I'm naive and my age doesn't say it or show it, but it, that's just how I see it. I think it's just going to get so hyper competitive at one point that, yeah, a PhD is going to become the norm mm. when it already is too. I think there's a bit of both, right? Okay. I, so I, I think if you do make it free, you're going to get those people who don't try because they're like, what's it cost me? Just a bit of time, right? They, they don't care about going to class. Like if you think about skipping class, right? I, you might've heard like some people argue, it's like, well, you're paying for this. Why the hell would you skip it? You're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for to attend a lecture. Why skipping? But if it's free, you're going to get a lot more of those I mean, freeloaders. You know, they just right. come in, they just dick around and then they dip, right? Just to do the bare minimum, hopefully pass the course, get a degree, get out. Right. So that will muddy the standards a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think making it free would uh, enable some of those folks who do actually want to try to, um, you know, learn to to better themselves in some way. Um, and giving them the opportunity, right, to to get back. Mm. So I think there's pros and cons there. I also thought about like when you mentioned like let's flip it. Mm-hmm. What about if you make it more expensive? I think yes, it'll increase the higher level of standard, but there's that downside as Dan mentioned, right? Um, that you'll have less people actually trying to pursue this because oh, it's expensive. There's a barrier, right? There's a paywall now. So what do you do? And by no means am I an expert, but uh, could you have some that are free and some that are paid? Oh, I feel right. like that would create a sense of like that would create elitism. No, like, but, yeah, I could see that. But, but there's that issue as well. Right. I don't even know if there's like a good solution. At the end of the day, I don't think universities are obliged to offer any of these. Right. At the end of the day, if they, I think if they were to do it out of like for free, you're not going to get funding for it. Again, this is a side hustle. I think they would just stop offering classes, right? They yeah. would just look They won't it. be able to afford it. Right. I don't know. I think there's like big, big, there's different sides of this. And I think it's a tough issue for sure. I think that's why we're having a hard time finding a solution to everything. But I think in order to solve this, we should, I think the best practice would probably be looking towards different models around the world and see what's working for people, right? And, mm. you know, and see which groups of people are happiest and which models are working. And I think from there we can kind of start exploring models that may or may not work. The um, yeah, the exploring the models thing. I would love for that to be like doable. It's just um, most of the time those countries that can you know perform at those rates, their populations are we're talking eighths, maybe you know tenths of what our populations are. And it's just once you start adding in those numbers, it's like can you change that many people's mentalities? You know, and I feel like it's harder once you scale it like that. Yeah, I I just think that as we grow as a population, I just think we're just it's harder and harder to come together and have an agreement on anything. Right in the past, we had a village of like thirty. It's easy to just agree on something. But now we have like millions and millions of people. Yeah, we just have like such a disparity in, in opinions that it's so hard to come together and agree on anything. It's especially in a democracy. Right. I'm not saying we should 
pull that democracy because I don't want that. <laughs> but it's just saying like you know it's one of the one of the downsides of having democracies like everyone's allowed to express opinions, but at the same time it just becomes highly ineffective as the population grows exponentially. Right, it goes back to the whole scaling thing. And again, I I don't want to come off as a negative Nancy on my first time here, but it's yeah. just. You know, I that's how I see it. And it's I see life now really half empty because of my job. And like the nine to five grind, it just drains you. So it, that's that's why I'm seeing these things so negatively. And now that I've seen like even p- friends from my age bracket, you know, they're taking advantage of the system now in such mean ways. And I'm just like, dude, why can't you just stop being lazy and do something? And And to them, they're like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just playing the system. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I hate I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, I think Martin and I talked about this in previous podcasts too. And just like we're as a society, we're just growing more and more selfish, and it makes sense too, right? Yeah. Because if you try to be giving, people are just gonna like take advantage of that. And I don't, I don't blame them for doing so because if society is gonna be self-serving, why should you be any less? But I think mm. that in order for us to move in the right direction, I think we need to have. I don't want to say martyrs, but it almost seems like we're gonna have have to have more and more martyrs to kind of show as a you know as a good example to kind of provoke yeah a ripple effect People, nobody wants to change unless somebody dies right? Oh, right nobody wants to change the government doesn't want to change the i don't know political system won't change until some like disaster actually happens i mean cross my fingers hopefully knock on wood right hopefully that do- it doesn't come to that yeah but let's be honest people don't do shit until until shit really hits the fan yeah which is unfortunate it's just it's just comfort comfort that leads into a slippery slope yeah usually yeah so anyways i think i think we're gonna sh- just flip the over conversation a little bit now you're, yeah, you're stop being so, so negative <laughs> it's okay it's okay it's it's, it's, it's it's just a little commentary on like society yeah. which is like i think is fine so you're significantly younger than martin and i you're like mm. a baby you know mm-hmm. you're almost a <laughs> half a decade younger than us Oh yeah. So I remember when I was coming up, coming out of university, and I was just starting to meet new people, and I found that, you know, from high school to university, you know, your your groups of circles of friends start to change. And for me, even more so, coming out of university, I found that your friends I met in university started to kind of, you know, we started to taper apart. Friends I kept around in high school, I stopped talking to them as much, and then I started developing new groups of friends. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how that how has that experience been for you? Like, do you find that you're in a kind of safe position where you're kind of branching out to uh, your groups of friends, or or do you find that you're kind of sticking to people from elementary slash high school slash uni? Oh yeah, that's an awesome yeah, no, awesome way to <laughs> put it there. It, it's um, now I could I agree with you on literally every level of that. Like, it's just I feel like I've gone through so many changes now in the last two years that. I don't even feel like I'm the same person I was when I left college at this point. And it's only been like two years, realistically speaking. And the way I saw it was my friends are great during college, uh, you know, moving freshman year dorm. It was, it was awesome. And I was like, oh, we're going to be best buddies for life. You know, the kind of cliche yada yada. of <laughs> this, We're going to make the four years awesome and special. And within the first four months, you start to see like the real side of your friends. And and then, and then you also, you know, you're you're thrown to this ring of college where it's like, holy moly, you have like multiple people coming from every freaking corner of the world. You know, you got people from Nigeria, you got people from like Europe, Japan, China, you know, one place right now. And you're telling me I shouldn't make a friend, you know, and, and me and myself just naturally, like 
I'm not the type of person to want to stay in one place. And it's not because I hate the person or, you know, you're not useful to me anymore, but it's like the way I like to see it is it's a network of love. You know, once my chapter is finished with you in that sense, you will be added to my network. I'll never forget you. That's one thing. And if you ever needed me, don't worry, I'll be there if I can. But just know that, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep going up this network or down or left or right. It's just something. It's a node. So, yeah. And uh, going, I guess, for post-college, now that I've um, entered my first nine to five job, uh, I'm starting to see that, like, I don't even want to talk to my day ones anymore because of how much my coworkers have shifted my mentality and how much this like nine to five grind has shifted it. Um, I'm learning more about stocks, more adult related responsibility, just anything adult related. And it's just now that I'm getting stuffed with it by so much every day and you know, I'm, I'm learning so much and I'm appreciating it. I want to share with my friends. And when I try to share with my friends now, it just seems that they're not seeing the bigger picture. And to them, it's more about, what are we doing after work? What are we doing after today? Like, let's go day by day. And the way I'm trying to think is, why don't we plan out our five-year? Why don't we plan out our 10-year? Let's be responsible a little bit with our time because this is a golden opportunity. We're 23, 24. Let's F it up. Let's screw up, dude. Who cares? And that idea alone is, I guess, scary to a lot of my friends. And for me, I guess I have an entrepreneurship mind in that sense because I I just want to take a leap now. I just want to try it. And if I fail, I mean, who cares? I'm so young, right? Yeah. So that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there's that disconnect though, for sure. Now that I've noticed. Yeah. I've, I found that once I finished university, the friends I made at university, they were great. You know, I, I cherish all those times I had with them. But I just find that as I move forward, we all grow in so many different ways. And I find that I've had follow-ups here and there. It was actually funny because mm-hmm. actually, we actually had a friend reach out to me recently and after we had a following out after a few years. And we were just chatting uh, about that. Um, and like when you have follows your friends, you know, for different reasons, when you grow in different directions, you know, do you, do you want to go back and revisit that friendship? Now, what do you think, Martin? I think I want you to get your personal opinion on this. Like, let's say you had a follow with a friend. At what point would you consider rekindling that friendship? That's a great point. It's interesting. So I'm sort of like, I'm someone who doesn't mind having a few good friends versus many like uh just mediocre kind of friends i'll put it i'd rather have a few close friends if i have a falling out with someone so i'd like to think that i am a decent judge of character Mm -hmm. i'd also like to think that i am a patient person and i'm open-minded enough to give people a second chance if i believe they deserve it if I have a falling out, like a really bad falling out with you, then in my mind, I must think that you're not worth it or you're maybe not a good person or maybe we just don't mesh well to the point where I don't think it's worth rekindling this relationship. So to answer your question, if we had a falling out to that uh, extent or to that severity, uh, I'm okay with not rekindling a friendship. Yeah, um, mm. I'm... I'd rather focus my energy and my effort to the few close friends I have. I would say I would say that's most likely what I would do. And you know what? I'll take a step back just a little bit. I'm thinking about how I transitioned from high school to undergrad to now. I had some friends in high school that were, you know what? I would sell like they were acquaintances or mediocre friends. We don't talk anymore. I haven't talked with them since grade 12 of high school. And, and they have all but left my life except for the occasional 
Facebook notifications saying, I don't know, whatever it is they did, right? Uh, that said, there are people that have come back into my life from like high school. Like I was uh, on a previous episode, I was talking about um, a high school friend who I literally did not see after graduating high school, did not see all through undergrad. And then almost by, well, it is by coincidence that I bumped into her again. And then we started hanging out and talking again. And now we're talking more frequently, right? So um, for me, it's, it's more due to like the circumstance. If, if our paths cross again, then yeah, happy to chat and see where we left off. Mm-hmm. But I by no means will force anything or go out of my way to rekindle something if, if it was, I guess, kind of left in the first place. Mm. So for me, because I've always been the kid and even now as a teenager now, I've always been the person to speak my mind. And sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't. There's no filter. Um, I know. Thanks, Martin. Appreciate you. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, when Martin was talking, I thought he was mad at me. <laughs> I thought we were having a falling out. <laughs> so with my with my firecracker kind of like mentality, I I yeah. do get into a lot of disputes with people because if I don't like something you're doing. You know, I'm going to call you out on your on your business and like, you know, like, why are you doing that? You know, that's kind of not, not okay. Because I think just bottling those feelings is such a stupid way of like dealing with your problems. Mind you, mind you, okay, it depends. If it's something that's truly bothering you, it feels like it affects dynamics of a group, like say power dynamics, or, you know, it feels abusive, then I'll speak up. But if it's over like a little spat, like for example, Martin spilling orange juice on my shirt or getting too drink, drunk at a party... I said I was sorry, Dan. God, <laughs> that's me. I want to hear. I want to hear that story. Yeah, you'll hear a story where Martin got like blackout drunk at a party. Oh my gosh, man, Dan, you partied? Me? You? Oh, partied? oh, oh, oh! I still remember the Listerine, Dan. Oh, Listerine. No. <laughs> what Listerine? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you mean, you mean the time when you got blackout drunk, Martin? <laughs> No, I, I remember trying to take care of some folks, uh, and all they all they wanted was Listerine. <laughs> no, Martin's the one homie that actually saves everybody, and nobody he's, remembers who saved them the next morning. He, he's the father figure of our group. See, Nick knows. Yeah, I, 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 I get you, up. man, because I'm the father. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the guy that takes care of my friends the next morning. Who brought me to bed? Hey, it's okay. Don't mention me. <laughs> got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah. So... I am a type of, so anyways, going back to the previous little mm. tangent, like I'm the type, I, I, when I'm with friends with somebody, I go all the way for somebody, right? If you need something, I'll, try, I'll do my best for you. But the moment you wrong me multiple times and I cut you off, it's, it's like, uh, I'm done with you, right? I'm pretty stone cold like that. And, you know, so I have pe- some people every now and then, you know, try to reach out like, hey, you know, I just want to see where we're at. Are we still friends? And oftentimes I try to be cordial because I'm not like I'm not a, like a like a hard ass asshole. Like you might, I'll give it a shot. I'm like okay, yeah, let's see where we're at. But more often than not, I still find find that I still have my reservations. It's like, do I really want to go back to a place where I was in a place of hurt to a point that I don't really want to talk to you anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had like several instances of this, and that that's part of the life of being a firecracker is that you do have a lot of falling outs with people to learn about yourself. But at the same time, the way I live, I find that I have no regrets. You know, I feel like if I have something to say, I say it and, you know, I deal with the consequences. But the day I said what I had to say and I learn and grow from it. And that's just my thing, you know. 
so you know i've had some friends contact me recently and they're like you know see where we're at and like i'm more than comfortable saying these days that you know i'm open to a friendship but i'm gonna need time to process this information and that you know we can build it together slowly but i don't owe you anything right as a person right Mm -hmm. i'm open to the friendship but you know don't expect us to be like besties like just as we were from like xyz years ago because that's just not happening that's the way i see it how have you dealt with falling out uh, nick Oh yeah, so fall on the topic of falling out. Oh man, I I can think of one really. I guess like it was a good eye opening slash really bad time. Um, so it was my second year in college. I uh, I was making friends with a bunch of people, and there's this one person that I knew. He was two years younger than me, and uh, I knew him like as a you know little little kid in high school. You know, passing by the hallway, saying hi here and there. And then once we caught up to college. He was a freshman and you know i was uh, i was a sophomore and i was like hey man you came to college uh, it's cool to see you here and we became friends and yada yada here we are now third year uh, i'm at and we'd go okay hey do you, do you want to live together maybe or try you know moving into an apartment and seeing how roommates would be like sure i i, I would be so down you know it's my first time experiencing it why not you're cool i'm naive you know let's do it man we're homies for life hey <laughs> so we do it we sign the papers you know and we're all la dotty happy and then it's just again back to the whole thing you start to see the flaws and it's just it's something that i wish i caught on sooner when i was younger and i wish that i could have been a little more mature about but like dan says you know being a firecracker that yeah i fall into that category sometimes too <laughs> and man when i when i popped off on him it, it was bad and it was something that i've never done before either to somebody that i cared about and it just showed mm-hmm. that i do have that love to people and i and i do try to you know hold it and preserve it as long as i can but when you cross that line like dan said it's really hard for me to trust you again because it's almost like i put my all into you and you know maybe that's that's something bigger about me at the end of the day maybe i need to grow up too but at the time you know i was like doing everything i was cleaning the dishes it's really stupid simple things that you know we should be doing but as college students people have mentalities and different mindsets and for him he just i'll call him jack you know jack just really didn't want to do dishes he didn't want to clean he didn't want to even interact or do anything and anytime i would ask nicely hey i don't mind doing it with you dude but can we do it together? Can we clean stuff together so we can get this routine down or something, just a schedule going? Even that alone would piss him off. And I would be so frustrated sometimes. I'd just slam my door and, you know, I didn't know how to process this kind of anger. And at one mm-hmm. point it got so bad where you know, I, I just, I popped off. I told him, never talk to me again. You are worthless. You know, it's just that firecracker mentality. And it's just, I wish I didn't say those things because I knew how much pain he was going through mentally at the time. I knew he was depressed. I knew that. And it's just, I became tired of hearing it. And that's incredibly selfish of me now thinking back because he needed someone there, but it was also not fair to me because he was almost manipulating me to stay there Hold because on. he was yeah. sad. I, yeah. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. You know, it, here's the thing. I understand people with mental health. Some of my following out with people have been due to their mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Right. It's great that your friend, communicate with you but for my friend some of my friends they don't communicate these things with me and these are and it it comes out later on when the falling out is happening right but you know just because they're having mental health you give your support where you can having a mental health issue doesn't excuse uh poor behavior right you can accommodate them you can work with them but doesn't excuse them for behaviors that affect somebody else right so I think you're giving yourself a lot of heat there and I respect you for that because you're trying to just give this guy a little bit more credit. Mm. Um, the way I see it though, you know, I don't know what he has. Maybe he has extreme depression, uh, MID, you know, 
panic attacks i get anxiety yeah, it's, I, you know, yeah i get it yeah you know you can accommodate him i'm sure you did what you could right but in the day <laughs> yeah. you know you're not a martyr you know you're not like a you, you can't be 100 altruistic especially when you've got schooling your own issues to take care of Right. So I think you've got to put yourself first as well. So as much as I understand from their perspective that mental health is important, and I recognize that, I 100% do, I just don't think that it should be excuse for them to have done what they've done. I don't know. What's your oh, 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 yeah. No, good. It's. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. Like, I think, I think as a friend to someone with depression or what have you, uh, it is important to kind of keep that in mind and try to be a little bit more, maybe a little bit more understanding, a little more patient and empathetic. That said, um, there is a line and a boundary, right? For what's fair, right? You're uh, a friend. So our friendships are two ways, right? Relationships, any kind, social, romantic, whatever. I agree. It's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. If they're abusing that and it's turning into a one-way street, then that's no longer a friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Mental health, challenges or not so in that sense i i kind of agree with dan here um you know oh, be yeah. patient have that conversation try to be more understanding and i think you were it sounds like to me at least nick you were doing all of those things <laughs> i uh, in 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 the best way i could at the time with my mental you know of what yeah. i knew yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know like nobody's perfect either right like right. i think everyone should uh cut themselves a little bit of slack here um you're still learning. You're still growing. Same with him. But uh, there's a point where it's like, okay, that that's not an excuse. Like you can't use it as an excuse, as a crutch. Um, you could use it as just one of many potential reasons. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you you can't you can't just just go way over the line and expect everything to be okay. And um, and I feel like that's something that came out of that that was the greatest realization i had you know and that's why i i don't mean to cut you off but it's just no, like no, no. i completely wanted to transition and say i agree with you guys because right. that is the biggest lesson i took out of it it's just cutting people off in a healthy way because yeah. of what they do every day and how they treat you i mean i felt like at one point i was just like his dad or like his mom this is just emotional so his his uh yeah it's just emotional support and it's just that's not my role, man. I'm your friend at the end of the day, and I'm there for you. Don't worry about that. But the part where you have to keep working on is the introspection portion. Yeah. You know, that's something that is expected of you, man. And if you're having struggles, I get it. And I will hear you out many times. But if you're saying the same thing and you're circling around the problem, you're not tackling the root issue. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing I said to him. And that was one of our last conversations I had. And even to that moment, he was still petty. And that's when I knew he didn't understand the bigger scope of what I was trying to say and the message I was trying to get through to him. So yeah. in, through that experience, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that's how pretty much how I treat every relationship now. It's just, if you're not going to put in the effort, I'm not going to be an asshole about it, but don't expect me to scratch your back all the way. Yeah. It's just, I, I can't, and yeah. I don't have the energy, especially with COVID attached to the world. It's just, <laughs> it's draining. Almost yeah. hundred percent. And, and relationships don't have to be 50, 50. There might be circumstances where you give more, you might be a 80, 20, okay. yeah. right. That's okay. But again, there has to be give back at some point, right? I have a friend that every year at Christmas before COVID, I would drive him out from his place in like like 30 minutes away from me just so I can take him out on a Christmas party to my place. We got to hold something up every single year, right? I do that because I care about this person. I would go out of my way to take care of him because he is a good friend of mine, right? 
Um, but I won't. But at the same time, he, this, he's good to me sometimes too, right? In other ways, in other forms, maybe small gestures here and there. But I will take care of someone like that. But if you're like a complete manipulative asshole, that's when yeah. I start distancing away from yourself. And like speaking on the friend that Nick and I have, like the mutual friend, you know, I've started to distance myself from that particular core group from Discord. Mm. Um, that group at least was not like it wasn't. It was not good for me as a, as a person. I just felt like the dynamics were very manipulative in there. It was kind of toxic in some ways. I just felt that it was, I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt I was just getting gaslighted a lot of times. And it was like all the, all the opinions I had were all like, you know, I was told I was wrong. And like, it was just, it was just not a good time. Well, I a hundred percent agree, man. I mean, I was with you there for like half the calls and it's just, it's, it's, it's yeah. And, and you wonder why I'm not there either now as much. And I feel like a big portion of why I entered to begin with was because you were there with yeah. them. So yeah. but part of it is like, you have to like, it's the thing is, is that what's frustrating for me is that I would commentate on certain things, you know, like in terms of attitudes, feedback, you know, try to just better ourselves as a group. And I would just be like, I was given a lot of flack for it. I'm like, this is not the direction I want to grow. You're not doing anything right now. You're not trying to grow as a person. And I feel like I'm stumped. I feel like I'm just like receding a little bit. And I don't, that's not a place where I want to be. Like, I want to continue growing as a person. I just, I, it was just, I did not want to do that. You know, it was impossible to have open-ended conversations. People there were extremely stubborn in their ways. Mind you, was it fun to hang out with them? Yeah, absolutely. I had a blast hanging with them. But beyond a superficial gaming relationship, it was strictly toxic. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's like, it's very dichotomous. Like you have gaming, which is, which is great and it's going well. And then everything else that's not so well. So <laughs> let's like let's keep shoving that under the rug though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was just like very angry monkey all the time. There's just like really poor attitudes <laughs> that were monkey. Yeah, I, I kid you not. Angry monkey is a very accurate way of explaining that group. Hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say you're wrong. <laughs> I I almost wish I could have been like just a fly on the wall and just listen in. <laughs> Just very curious about the angry monkey. It's just a lot of poor attitudes that were just not addressed at all. And when they were brought up, they were just like completely dismissed. And it's like, I cannot open conversations with you. I'm not growing with you. I'm outies. Speaking of like open conversations, I had someone come up to me the other day. It's like, oh, I heard you're doing a podcast and having open conversations. You know, I'm, look- I'm looking towards self-growth as well. And, you know, you don't really talk to me as often these days. And one of the things with this person is just so frustrating. And one of the things that I learned that I really can't take is like being disingenuous in the ways that you conduct yourself as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Say what you mean, do as you say. And like, mind you, there's always joking, but when you're just continuously doing things that are proving yourself to be disingenuous, I can't take you seriously. And one of the things that really bugged me on this person is like, you know, it's almost implying that because I'm doing this podcast, I am, I am, you know, I have to have open-ended conversations with you. And I'm open to that. I'm open to that. But the moment I provided some commentary on their lifestyle, not lifestyle per se, but like their ways of wording things, the feedback was completely not okay. Right. They talk it, they started like kind of, what's that word called when someone's like kind of looking down on you? Um, belittling. Yeah. But it was, it was almost a belittling experience. It was condescending who like, I'm open to having those conversations with you, but if you're not going to, if you're going to reply in that way and manner, I don't want to have those conversations with you because they're not they're not constructive conversations, right? I'm open to help help yourself growth. I'm happy to grow with you, 
But if that's the way you're going to answer those questions, I, those, I'm not really willing to have those conversations. And everyone I invite to the podcast are people I feel like we can grow. And it doesn't matter if we have different opinions. I'm sure we all have different opinions, right? But I know that we can have a great conversation about it and explore those opinions together. But if you're a person that I feel like are going to belittle me and like really uh, play on like, you know, like these, ga- these like kind of these emotional games to get the way you want... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not engaging those conversations with you. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm open to these podcast conversations, but like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think agree. that's, that's part of it, right? Like, so you talked about having an open conversation that goes both ways and right. maybe it goes without saying, and maybe not so much anymore. It needs to be said that an open conversation requires mutual respect. Yeah. And if you don't have that, it's not, that's not an open conversation or that's a very poor one Yeah. at best. Right. So it sounded like it was just a one-way open conversation and then just judgment and condescending like vibes coming from the other end. And yeah, like but no he, wonder that yeah. you, you just got out of that. But here's the thing. I understand from their point of view because I'm calling them out on a behavior that perhaps was that probably knocked their ego a little bit, right? And their self-defense went full throttle and that's why they reacted mm. they did. At the same time, you're looking for self-growth. You're going to have to start being uncomfortable with me, Right. That's part of having a vulnerable conversation is being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, like we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have those conversations. It sounds like that that person wasn't ready to have an open conversation. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful with that person from now on. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's all good. Like, you know, we'll, we'll still chat. I'll be cordial with you. But until I think you're ready to have that conversation with me, perhaps in a more chill setting over tea, then maybe we can, we, we can try that over again. Tea. <laughs> yeah. Light the cha while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess what I want to ask you folks then is, you know, for me, it's just what what what's something you value that you've really learned about yourself as a person? Like, what are some of your biggest pet peeves coming out of different relationships from different facets of your life? For me, it's just being super genuine, right? You make mistakes, you can joke, right? It's all good, but when we're when we're talking more seriously, then I expect you know a little bit more genuineness that we're not playing stupid games and you're not trying to lie and like. And one thing about the bug of this person is that they never take responsibility. It's always an excuse after another, which bugs me. That also added to disingenu- like being disingenuous. A victim right. mentality, man. A victim mentality is absolutely correct. Yeah. Right? So, you know, what are some what's what's what are your big pet peeves coming out of like, you know, your friend groups and your relationships? Okay, so I would say after four years of undergrad now. And two years of just living, finally, like as an adult, quote unquote. I know I'm not going to be one forever until I die. But yeah, anyway, the biggest pet peeve now, I think, with the friendship has to be if you are not willing to even meet me halfway on things or even be willing to have those open conversations about meeting me halfway any in any regard, right? Um, emotionally, physically, whatever. It's just like I, I can't do it because because what you're implying essentially is it's a one relationship again. And it's, and that might be because of my past traumas and my past, you know, damages on my, you know, all the scars that I've gone through that's affecting me now. But that is probably my biggest factor now today in, in deciding if I want to be friends with you. It's like, can you meet me halfway? And also like, can you just be just a respectable person in general, you know, and just open to just talking like this in general and just open to hearing things like this. And it's hard to find those people, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Hopefully I qualify. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Dan. You, I mean, the day I met you, we were supposed to freaking meet up. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm out. still like, down. COVID. I'm still no, I, down. Me too. I told you. I mean, once COVID is over, I mean, I, I hope now I know you're friends with Martin. It'd be awesome to meet you too. But, All right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Come on up. Come Love on up. Um, I'm very open to that, by the way. Yeah. Not in a non-creepy way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure we're open to many things. <laughs> Oh, Dan, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find that my, my, my jokes with Martin are very different. So with you, Nick, I sway one way. And then with Martin, it's like the, I think the polar opposite. I feel like Martin is like... Now I'm very curious. Okay, <laughs> okay. What, 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 what's your t- Before you answer your part of the question, I think you're still mulling over it. But what's my humor like with you, Martin? What's your... Uh, I'm kind of curious too. We, we jab each other all day. Every day, uh, especially in in certain games that we play, I would say. When Martin sabotages uh, the team, Dan <laughs> is the biggest backstabber I've ever met in any video game. That's not oh, true. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's yeah, not no, true. He's he's a, a like a great guy, an amazing guy, and a very genuine friend in real life. But in every aspect of every game, he'll backstab you. So conniving, I say, conniving. <laughs> How dare you? If, if there is a game with a uh, with any kind of team aspect, don't count on that. <laughs> you know okay. what? You know what? One of the stupid things. You know, we we're playing Overwatch at one point. You know what Martin does? He purposely tries to screw over the team. You know. <laughs> There was an extra grenade by accident. Hey, Walls us off, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't even. Dan, you're describing yourself perfectly. The wall, <laughs> by that you mean the character called May, whom I don't play. You play <laughs> Torbjorn, another character whose entire like super tangent now. But Torbjorn is a character who builds turrets. That's kind of his thing. That's the point of the character. But when Dan plays Torbjorn. You'll see, like, the turret off in the corner of the map looking at the wall. Nice. And the only nice. question is why, Dad? Why? He's trying and to protect every hear... corner. <laughs> He's just laughing in the background. <laughs> okay, I, I try to make it fun when I play Torbjorn. I have a little, I play a thing called Easter Eggs. With the, when, before you change them up, they had, like, the armor packs you can lay around the map. <laughs> he hides the armor packs. That's the other key aspect of the game. Dan, are you yeah, kidding me right now? You're actually lying. Martin, you're lying. This guy no, no, hides I... armor packs around the map. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the two main points of this character, which is to build a turret to defend an objective or your team and to supply them with armor as a support character. Oh my God. Armor packs are in one corner of the map. The turret is in the other corner of the map. So what else is he left to do? <laughs> Don't play it. Play someone else. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hey, you are. Spawn. You sound like a May player. <laughs> wow. See an armor pack, like, no, on the other side. I'm like, no one's looking there. No one's going there. The objective is on this direction. And here's, here's Dan's justification. Hey, you can still get it. It's hidden. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find it now. Exactly. <laughs> that's, ex- that's almost verbatim for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, but the recent claim game we played Magicka, this guy purposely shoves me off the map and kills me. <laughs> Dan? Are you talking about yourself again? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a dedicated healer when we play together. I heal everybody. You, on the other hand, are trying to kill me with death beams. I'm not even trying to shoot. I'm shooting a death beam, and then I see your life beam create an explosion right next to me. I'm like, what is this? Don't do it. 
And then a five seconds later, not just five seconds later, another explosion. I'm like, what's happening? So did you contextualize when a life beam, a death beam comes together, it creates like a super explosion. Like, like yeah, supernova kind of thing. Let's uh, talk about Magicka, the game 2010. Oh, there's a, there's a Magicka 2. There's a, like a newer version. It's quite good. Ooh, okay. I didn't know. I, I remember Magicka 1 and it was a... Uh, it's exactly how you guys describe it. It's just a bunch of mage, yeah, of magic. It, <laughs> yes. You know what it reminds me? It reminded me of like Crystal Chronicles, and I, I dead ass love that game. It was mm. so good. Honestly, I would love to just grab people. I'm like, I'll even buy copies for people just to play with me. It was like, it was so good. Uh, I would love to go back to it. They just remade it on the Switch, so I really want to play that. Oh, okay, okay. So Nick, you 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 down to play? <laughs> Magicka on the on the switch. No no no, no. Crystal Crystal oh. Chronicles. Crystal oh, Chronicles. Crystal Chronicles. Let me let me see. Okay, yeah, while while Nick does that, Martin, you still have to give us an answer for your biggest pet peeve. Yes, because I have two um, that come to mind at least right away. Okay. Uh, one of which, which is um, judgmentalness. Yeah, if that's a word. Sure. Uh, people who already form an opinion about you or opinion about something you said before you give them a chance to, or you're given a chance to explain yourself. Mm. Um, and I'm okay with people being opinionated, but I guess to be more specific, it's when they act on it. Mm. When they believe something so hard to be true and they act on it and they'll treat you differently or treat you a certain way before you're even given a chance. So that's, that's one big pet peeve. And then the other thing that's kind of associated with that would be just openness and conversation as well, which kind of mm-hmm. echoes what Nick has mentioned. And I think you mentioned to some degree as well. Mm-hmm. If you're not open to conversation and on the other hand, you're also judgmental, then that's just like building a very narrow tunnel or even a wall in terms of. That's a great visual. Yeah, right? it totally. Uh, like how do we, how do we connect if you're building this either very narrow tunnel or a wall, right? We yeah. can't. So I'd say those two are my, my biggest mm. peeves. One thing that I say I would, I'm really good at these days that I've developed as a person, like one of my biggest skills that I've built up is being direct with people, right? I've always been a firecracker, but I can now do it with a lot more tact than I could say when I was in high school or university, right? And part of it is just kind of channeling it, channeling my anger in a way that can be expressed in a more neutral fashion and being more empathetic as well also helps with that, right? Why are they talking to you in that manner? Why are they speaking to you like that? And you can better understand them and it allows you to better be more direct with them in terms of like, that's not okay with me. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Or why is that like not, you know, like why why don't we do this instead? So I think I'm really much better at having, being, having more direct conversations with people. I know that makes people really, really, really uncomfortable at times, right? Right, so... I don't know. I think that's one of my bigger assets today, right? And that helps in my field of work and in my future, like potential careers. I think the ability to be super direct to people is so important. Like whether that's saying no, right? I know we all hate saying no, um, <laughs> but I'm definitely much better saying no as well and um, doing all those things. What's like one skill that you think, like what's, what's one skill coming out of like, well, reflecting your current state of life what skill are you proud of that you say you have developed and fostered over the years? Hmm. Uh, we're talking like social skill or just any skill in general? It can be any skill. It can be a social skill. It can be like a hard skill. Like what's one skill in particular that you're really proud of that's contributed greatly to your life or made okay. your life better at least? Oh, I mean, yeah. So I, so I want to approach this like almost like a double-edged sword here. Sure. So being 
able to be hyper aware because of what I've gone through in undergrad and like halfway through undergrad to now that the hyper awareness I've developed and just kind of almost like it's like I don't want to say I'm prejudging you know because that's not that's not cool but it's just like after observing someone and how they act on the initial hangout it's like I can almost transparently see who you are just by your actions and most of the time I've been very correct you know and it's a and I say it's a double-edged sword because it's so good I can read people that quick I can get through them and it's just like it's like oh cool I get them but on the other hand it's like they don't know that I know that and Mm -hmm. when I get it that quickly I'll start to ask them very like deep questions because it's just the type of person I am. I'm very open to those kind of questions about like, what's life, you know, like blah, blah, or what's something that makes you so depressed that you can't get out of bed. Let's talk about that. And when I bring up those kind of things, I don't take that second to remember, Oh, Nick, you're really hyper aware. Like they don't know that. And they don't know that you've been analyzing them like hard. So what right do you have to ask them such a deep profound question that they may, they might be a little insecure about or not ready to answer yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, that's, I think the greatest gift and the worst gift I've, I've developed now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's totally fair. And I think part of that in terms of honing in on a skill is to like being hyper aware of a situation of in terms of reading an individual yeah. is also learning to read the room as well. Right. Yeah. Is it an appropriate context to perhaps bring up the conversation? Do you right. think they would receive well to that? Um, generally speaking, as much as I'm direct, if I think it'll create much more harm than it is good, I'll generally not. I generally won't bring it up. Right. So the people that I brought up early in terms of the like piss poor behaviors, mm-hmm. uh, I generally won't bring them up on it again, or I generally won't go into it just because I feel like that'll just create too much of too much drama for it to be worth it. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's totally valid that you're you're venting. Essentially, it's okay, yeah. you know. And if they take it the wrong way, that's on them. That's yeah. not a you problem, dude. Yeah. Like, how how is it not fair for you to be able to talk about it? You know. And yeah. it's just, I don't think you should see it like that. That's yeah. just to me. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, but for you though, like, uh, like if you want to ask those questions, by all means, ask those questions, and they are mm-hmm. more again also more than welcome to like politely, de- like respectfully decline. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. So, of course. You know, while it was double your sword, again, you don't want to put too much blame on yourself on that, right? You, you're free to ask, and you know, they're also free to decline, right? Yeah, you, and it's just that balance of like understanding rejection too, right? Exactly. That, you know, it's like in a, a good way, right? It's not always like a f you, man. I don't want to talk to you. Don't take it like that, Nick. You know, let's take a step back. Maybe they really just are tired. You know? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah totally. What do you think, Martin? What, what's what's one skill that you've honed in on? Um. Patience, and I say patience because uh, I'm, when I'm saying patience, I mean patience to listen, patience to uh, not judge. So on the flip side, I've become more aware of uh, me myself. Maybe I'm forming opinions really quickly, and I'm like, hey, I should probably take a step back and you know practice some active listening and just listen. You know, just shut up. Your opinion doesn't matter, right? It doesn't. If you're listening to them right now, they're trying to communicate something to you. Uh, and it could be something important. So withhold your opinion. And by say your, I mean my own, my opinion. And just listen for a moment and ask questions uh, and try to understand before maybe forming some kind of opinion. Yeah. Active listening is so important. I think that's oh, a great so skill. Important. It's so oh, important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think I'm also learning to do that as well. Um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a great one easy. to bring up. It isn't, yeah. right? Because we often especially in like Western society, everything is so on demand. You're, mm-hmm. you're expected to have a answer right away. And that's so much, it's into, it's so, it's so, uh, what you call it? 
it pairs so well with kind of the on-demand thing, uh, on-demand culture in terms of Netflix and everything we do. We want it right now, now. We want it fast. It has to be here ASAP. And it's only getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Patience is truly, yeah. truly a rare virtue these days. Um, and as much as patience, we all know patience is a great thing, but it's so hard to be patient when so many options are, or so many facets of our life are just so on demand. Mm-hmm. I like to see like so much dopes being thrown at you everywhere. Dopamine, <laughs> just dopamine rushes here and there, man. Netflix stream here, sports sale here, sports, you know, Facebook. Oh, I got new vape juice. You know, it's like all this stupid stuff. And it's <laughs> just all, all getting me in my head. It's like, okay, I'll buy it. Just take my money. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we got to spend a podcast talking about that someday. I have never done it. So I would just love a little deep dive on that. Yeah. No experience well, with me either. Well, I wanted to also just lastly, like, just, you know, comment on what Martin was saying here. And I, I really do agree in that sense, like, patience is so important now as I'm getting older. And, you know, you guys have, you know, at least a good four or five years on top of me, right? And it's just even starting that, starting that kind of train now and practicing, like, patience every day, it's it's really helpful because I'm listening to the conversation fully and I'm listening to what the person has to say before I speak. And I found that that usually makes the conversation a lot better and it flows faster and the the information gets sent back and forth quicker most of the time. Um, And when you're cutting each other off constantly or one person's already thinking about what to say next before you're done, it's just, was that really a conversation, you know? Or was it just like, can we get through this quicker, quicker, quicker? Back to the demand thing. So I I do agree. Yeah. Hmm. I really appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I think it's time to wrap up our podcast. And for the first time in our podcast, we can start <laughs> plugging in our socials. Yes, go for it, all you, dude. All right, guys. Well, Salesman Nick here. Hey, if you guys are ever bored or just want to watch something on the down low and you're just a little tired at, after work, you know, um, come check out uh, my YouTube channel. It is uh, uh, my channel name is Neek, uh, N-E-E-K. Um, I don't know if Dan will post in the description or something. Yes, I but will. Yeah. Check me out. <laughs> I do vlogs um, and I do, I don't do any game plan of that type. Um, I'm planning on doing just more like everyday stuff. And it doesn't have to be like a vlog. It's just more like what I feel like posting. So, mm. yeah. Thanks, guys. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having me too. Appreciate it. For sure, man. And uh, for us, we're going to start plugging our socials too. So, for our Twitter, you can find us at Down to Chat without the podcast. It was amazing that it's still available. Uh, so, <laughs> I know it's great. It's big time. You, wait, uh, are you serious? Taking... You guys got down the chat? We got down the chat. Wow. In this day and age of podcasting, I would right. have never guessed. And Nick, thanks again for joining us today. We'd love to have you have you back for a future episode. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And it was awesome meeting you, Martin, today. I, I'd great love to, to come well. back, guys. I mean, it was a great conversation. It literally like I'm I'm going off the I'm going off it now. Like it it was really good. Uh, you guys are awesome. I mean, I literally like Dan, I told you, this is just a conversation. And it is a conversation. I, I love that. And it's just that's this it. is the type of stuff that I want more. And I, I'm really appreciative that you invited me today. Thank uh, you guys. Well, folks, so give us a like, follow, subscribe, set, send us a dying question you might have to our email sometime. So until next time, folks, we'll see you. Hope to hear from you soon. See you. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.